Hello there, everyone. This is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the Barncast today. I've got a really good guest, a dude named Matt. He grew up in Georgia and was Southern Baptist, just like me. And then he started going to a Presbyterian church. And one of his friends that was teaching a class against the Catholic church became Catholic. Sort of shook him up. So we went on a multi-year journey of trying to debunk or disprove the Catholic Church. He had been taught the church was teaching error and heresy. And uh, he was on a mission to rescue his friend from the Catholic Church. And guess what happened? He became Catholic himself. And uh, Just a really good interview, so this one is a little bit longer than the previous one, so grab yourself a nice cold drink or maybe some coffee or a pot of coffee. Kick back, relax, enjoy the interview, and I'll be sure to tune in afterwards for the trailer. Thank you very much. Have a great, great day. Have a great, great week, and kick back and listen. Hello, everybody. This is John with Catholic for Rednecks. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm just fighting the YouTube wars as usual. I'm still, <laughs> I'm uh, still aggravated with those folks. So, tell me, Matt, where are you calling from? Yeah, so I'm actually calling from uh, Carrollton, Georgia. So, yeah. uh, just west of Atlanta, and maybe about 45 minutes or so. Well, that's not too far away from me. I've I've stopped at that McDonald's a bunch of times. Isn't there uh, a college around there, West Georgia or or something? Yeah. Yeah, so it it was West Georgia College, and now it's the University of West Georgia. Um, And it's it's grown up quite a bit uh, in the last few years here because of the university being here. So, Right. Well, that's every time we go to the airport, that, that's a pain in the butt to go from Birmingham to your airport. And <laughs> yeah. getting off of that right exit, I think it's 45, the uh, Camp Creek exit. Oh, yeah. To get to Atlanta International. So are you uh, are you born and raised in Georgia? Yes. Yep. So I grew up in this West Georgia type area my, my whole life. Um, for a, I went to uh, – college for just one semester but i went up in uh Tocoa, georgia so mm-hmm. i moved away for a little bit well how does one become catholic and be from georgia at the same time <laughs> it's a uh it's an interesting long winding road uh honestly it's um I, I i actually looking back i'm actually kind of shocked that i've ended up where i've ended up um and that i'm catholic now um but yeah that's i grew up you know growing up here in the bible belt i gosh from since i can remember i was a young kid went to a, a baptist church um here in the west georgia area and um my mom's side of the family was catholic really so i yeah yep but so all my aunts and uncles on my mom's side my grandma cousin a lot of extended family was uh or is catholic um so i kind of was always surrounded by it but never really 
I didn't ever really know what they taught. You know, we would we would go to Christmas parties or Thanksgiving, and when they got done praying, they would cross themselves, or I would see crucifixes or statues of different well, saints and things. But was your mother a, a practicing Catholic when you were growing up? Uh, no, so she she was practicing when she and then she didn't go to church for quite a while um and then actually it's kind of funny because my mom and my dad when they got married my dad was atheist and my mom was at least nominally catholic um so it's kind of (laughs) an interesting what i don't you know it's crazy how they got together um but they they got married didn't go to church for the longest time um and then uh they started going to church i think we started going to con- church consistently when i was probably somewhere around 5 years old um at the baptist church yep yep so we my i think the way that they ended up at the baptist church is my dad worked for uh a guy who owned a printing company and he invited my parents to a like a kid's Christmas play that they did at the church um and you know if I remember the story correctly how it is is he said hey just come see this thing they're doing with the kids you know I think it'd be good to get your son involved in something like this and you know get him some friends and kind of have something that he's going to do regularly and um, they got sucked in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a good way to do it. Go after the kids. That's right. I was so long. Did you just keep going to Baptist church all the way through school and, and all, or did you take any yeah. side journeys? No. So, um, I've, I've stayed in church, you know, I never really, I never really left a church. I stayed in church my whole life. Um, Let's see. So all the way up until I left for college, I went to the Southern Baptist Church. Um, and that's where I grew up. You know, I was there just about every Sunday. Um, and then when I left for college, I went to uh, Tacoa and I, you know, I was kind of looking for a church up that way. And I wanted to stay Baptist because that's what I had always known. Right. Um, right. That's what I was familiar with. But in Jacoa, it was it's a small town up in North Georgia. And uh, it seemed like the churches were either, you know, I, like I've seen you guys or seen you share memes about, you know, it's a rock concert at church service. Uh-huh. Uh, it seemed like it was either that extreme or the other extreme of you know, if you're not in a suit and tie and your hair's a little too long or it's on your ears and there's no way you're a Christian. Yeah. Um, so we found Presbyterian church. Um, and actually I started going to the Presbyterian church when I was up there, uh, for school. Now is that up there in the mountains where, um, uh, what is it? Helen, Georgia, is that around that region? The Appalachian? Uh, it is, it's just, it's a little east of uh, Helen. Okay. If you go up 85 north, like you're going to Greenville, um, it is, let's see, you'd get off 85 and you'd go north. 
gotcha. I think just a little northwest. Yeah, the Baptist Church, you know, um, if you if you're born and raised in Georgia and Alabama, you know, you're about a ninety percent chance you're gonna be Baptist. Yeah. And uh, they're in they're caught between their roots and you know, the Catholic Church basically the mass forever, but the Baptist Church is ha- is having to make a transition um because like you said, old school legalistic you know, choir, certain hymns, certain way you dress, and then they're trying to model after these non-denominational churches in order to survive. And so you do have one or the other, like you said, it's the same way here. Either it's a old-school fundamental Baptist church, old-fashioned, or it's going to look just like a charismatic non-denominational church. Yep. So did yeah. you... um? So you had a relationship with the Lord. What was your understanding of salvation? What was your relationship with God like as a Baptist? Yeah, so when I was a kid, um, I was, you know, growing up in the Baptist church, they always would say, you know, you have to get your baptism on the right side of salvation. So uh, in the Baptist church, they teach you that you have to be saved first. And when they say be saved, they're saying, you know, you have to recognize your, repent of your sin, and then ask Jesus to come into your heart. Is right. Like very short gist of it. Well, you know, um, down here the word "saved" means means everything, but yeah. in other parts of the country and other parts of the world and other churches that don't, people look at you like you know, what do you mean? Am I saved? You know, they think about baseball. You know, sliding into to base and whatever. So. You know, if I ask you how, well, I'll just do it like this. Just pretend we're Baptists. I'll just say, well, Matt, how old were you when you actually got saved? Yeah. So um, I would tell everybody that when I was saved at, gosh, I think it was, I was six or seven years old, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, we, we were at church service. I don't even remember what the preacher was preaching about, but mm-hmm. um I, he was talking about something and I just kind of, I started to realize, you know, oh, I, I do have sin and I do have bad things, you know, and, and I, like, I, I am not right with God because I do do bad things. So, you know, that, that something needs to change. And that's when I, you know, said, oh, I'll, I'll walk down the aisle and went and, you know, pray. there's a prayed the prayer, uh, <laughs> Sinner's prayer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the the stock. You know, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Jesus, please come into my heart. Is basically what it was. And then you know, after that, they said, "All right, you're good. You're saved. Um, and saved. Now you need to get baptized." Right. Um, was that so then, how long? Like, do you remember the time gap between getting saved, saying that prayer, and being baptized? Um, it, I know you was, were five or six. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I know it was pretty short just cause I, like I know now at, at the church, they still, the church I grew up in, they still do, um, baptisms pretty quick after, um, you, you make a profession of faith or say you're saved. So the, in the Baptist way of thinking, the way you get 
saved is usually usually you're at church and the preacher's preaching that you need to repent, that you need to invite Jesus into your heart, that you need to uh, have your sins forgiven, that you need to have a personal Lord and Savior, right? So yep. you feel this tug on your heart, and maybe there's some music going. Um, they used to play Just As I Am a bunch yep. at my church. That was a real, you know, a pull right there. And then you're you're wrestling with whether or not to walk forward because in the Baptist church, you got to make that long walk from your pew to the preacher in front of everyone you know. And so yeah. for me, you know, I'm thinking, man, I need to get saved. You know, it never crossed my mind I could get saved right there in the pew. But you got to make this walk down to the preacher and he'll bend over, you know, because you're a kid and shake your hand, put his hand on your shoulder and uh, lead you through a little prayer that's not even in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, nowhere to be found in the Bible, but they come up with this prayer that, that checks all the boxes off, right? Mm -hmm. Lord, I come to you a sinner, uh, falling short of your glory. I believe you died for my sins. I ask you into my heart and accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Bam. And that is being saved and born again. And all you really have to do forever and ever, and you cannot undo it. There's yep. nothing you can do that can undo that. And you're going to heaven no matter what. Yeah. Plus, it'll be a good thing if you get baptized and actually yeah. come to church now and then, you know, every now and then. So I think, Matt, I think it's a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> a really great plan. So keep on going. I didn't mean to take over your interview. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah, but um, so, yeah, grew up in the Baptist church, said I was saved around five or six, then went Presbyterian uh, in college. And then I remember, so at the Baptist church, growing up in the youth group, there is a guy who came in as a youth leader um, and, you know, he was part of the youth band. He taught me how to play guitar. And so I joined the youth band and I'd play with him. And, um, you know, I, he, I became really good friends with him. I would say he's a good friend or mentor now um, and has been for years, but he moved from Georgia to texas for work i believe and uh, he's got family out there so i think you know it was just a good deal he was closer to family it, it was a good job opportunity um so then shortly after i came back from college you know we started going to a presbyterian church uh back home here in Carrollton, and uh i was talking to my buddy one day his name's chad and um he he said yeah, I uh, I just converted to Catholicism, wow. and when he said that, I was shocked because in the youth, to teach apologetics classes, and one of the things he would teach was about the different religions and why they're wrong and how they're wrong, and one of the big ones he would always talk about was Catholicism, and him and the church would say, you know this is really wrong. It's dark evil. It's heresy. You know, this, it, that is not what God intended. Um, 
that's not Jesus church. And so growing up, you know, I kind of always thought, okay, well that, you know, these older adults are much smarter than me. So sure. That sounds good to me. Um, so when Chad, my buddy converted, it kind of, you know, it shook me up a little bit. Cause I was thinking, hold on, you, you just spent my entire like youth telling me this is heresy. It's evil. It's dangerous. And now you're one of them. What, what in the world is going on? Mm. Um, so when he converted that kind of pushed me to start studying Catholicism and I was maybe, I'd probably say 19 or 20 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally when I started studying Catholicism, it was more of a, let me read and see what they say so that I can try to bring my buddy back to the truth. Right. You Help them out. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, there's, there's something, you know, there's some kind of disconnect. He's, he's been confused by somebody. If I can do some digging and show him where it's wrong, I can bring him back right. to the, to the light. Um, and then that, you know, that started a, gosh, I think I spent seven and somewhere between six and eight years uh, studying Catholicism. And I was still going to the Presbyterian church this whole time. And um, what were your sources when you were studying Catholicism to, you know, debunk it or whatever? What what Mm -hmm. sources were you going to? Uh, I had a I've got a catechism that I would look through. But I also would kind of go to uh, Catholic Answers. Oh man! Um, so I, I would kind of bounce back and forth between the two because I, you know, originally I was thinking, oh, Catholic Answers. There, of course, they're gonna like sweeten up the deal a little bit and not really tell you the full truth. So when when Catholic Answers would talk about something and then quote the Catechism, I would go grab the Catechism and go. Yeah, well, let me read what's a little bit before and a little bit after, because I bet they're not telling you that part on purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of slowly turned into, well, maybe maybe they're right, because, you know, I'd read a little bit before the quote and read a little bit after the quote in the catechism and go, well, wow, yeah, that that is right, you know. Uh, and slowly started kind of going okay well maybe you know maybe there is something to this catholicism thing uh well matt it's it's remarkable to me that you would look at a catholic source because the the the, normally people when they're trying to debunk the catholic church they go to anti-catholic sources Mm -hmm. which are usually um they're not objective they're they're they're, they're not presenting the evidence like you should, you know, neutrally. Um, so it's just amazing to me that you went to Catholic Answers, which I think is a great, a great source. But that just, um, that's remarkable that you did that. I've never heard anyone that, that did that the way you did. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think part of the motivation behind that is because the, my buddy who converted, I knew, you know, if I went to people, I, I guess I knew enough that um, I'd heard of James White um, 
And being a Presbyterian, I had run, read a number of the things that R.C. Sproul had written about the Catholic Church. Yeah. But I knew that if I went to my buddy with quotes from those people, he would, you know, he, he could just say, well, that's not what the church really teaches. You need to go read the catechism if you want to believe, you know, hear what the church really teaches. Yeah. So I, I kind of was thinking, OK, if I'm going to, you know, he's a he's a smart guy. If, if I'm going to bring him back, what I need to do is figure out what they really teach, what they really believe and show him why it's wrong. That's, that's a good the... that's a good game plan, Matt. I'm, re- I'm very impressed with you. <laughs> Yeah. And, and thankfully it actually worked out for the good for me. Um, you know, now I'm, I'm Catholic, but, um, yeah, I, it, it, all that study through the years, uh, kind of slowly turned from, I got to bring my buddy back to maybe this is right. And maybe I do need to kind of consider that this may be the church that Jesus established. Mm. And in that transition, age you know i'd have some closer friends that would talk to me and say well why don't you look at jehovah's witness or why don't you look at mormon or you know judaism or there's a million other religions why in the world would you nail it between catholicism um and the thing i would always tell them is there's a for me the like number one question that i would always ask to look consider whether something could be the truth or not is who do you say that Jesus is? Is Jesus God or is he, you know, a prophet, a good guy, someone other than God. And the two people that would come up that would both say Jesus is God were Protestants and Catholics. And I know the Eastern Orthodox would say that too, but I never, I never really looked into Eastern Orthodox. There's a forgotten, but... there's a forgotten church in our part of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are. I actually never had really heard much about Eastern Orthodox until I became Catholic. Right. Um, but you know, that, that's what I would tell my, every, everybody who would say, well, what about all these other religions? Why don't you look into, every, you know, everything else? Cause they could all be true too. And I said, there's one simple question that I can ask. And it's, what do you say? Who, who is Jesus? Um, and it knocks everybody off except for Protestants and Catholics. Um, and so I said, you know, I, I would tell everybody, I, my number one goal is to figure out what the true church is, no matter what that is, and be a part of it. Because, like, I would always think when, if, when I die and get to the judgment and God's standing in front of me and asking me, you know, why did you stay at the church you stayed at? I want to be able to say, because I sought your truth, not, not, well, I grew up Baptist and that's what my mom and dad were. And that's what right. my uncle was. And, you know, um, so I, after that's the, right. yeah, after the years and years of study, and it was all very logical, heady um let's read the catechism let's read the bible uh and figure out what what the truth is were you going to mass no no so i actually we were still going to the presbyterian church so um 
I'm married and uh, we, well, now we have four kids, uh, <laughs> which is, yeah, we, it's great. We actually just, uh, we've got a new baby who will be four weeks old on Saturday. Woo! Okay. Uh, you haven't slept in a long time. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And our oldest is five. So, oh man. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a circus at our house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, um, good circus. Do you, um, was it a PCA Presbyterian? Yes. Yeah. So my wife and I were going to the PCA church and, um, actually when my wife and I, before, when we were engaged, before we got married during the engagement is kind of that, you know, I was talking about the transition where I went from, I need to bring my buddy back to maybe this is true. Mm -hmm. And I need to see if this really is true. That was in the time when my, my wife and I were engaged. So, uh, she had actually told me, uh, when we were engaged, she said, if you are going to become a Catholic, I'm not going to become Catholic. So uh, if that's something you want to do, that's, you know, that's great. But I, I can't marry you if that's something you're going to do. Oh, my. Um, yeah. And so I was like, OK, you know, and at the time, I you know, I was being honest. I said, I don't think I'm going to convert, but I, there seems to be something here and there's enough that I need to really you know, dig into it. Um, so we both were going to the Presbyterian church still this whole time. Um, and then let's see, what was it? I, so I had, I've just come into the church the February of this year. Um, the church we were going to, there was, I don't remember what it was, but we, we stopped going to that church, um, and the next week I told my wife, I was like, you know, I I really think there's a Catholic church less than 10 minutes from our house here in Carrollton, mm. um, and I said, I really think we need, we ought to go try out this Catholic church, and I had, ne I've never stepped foot in a Catholic church before. But you've been um, starting it for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it had been like I said, a very heady, logical study. And then that, I think what drew me to the church the most, what made me finally try out Catholicism was um, the last few months I was in the Presbyterian church. I got like, I would get very emotional when they would do communion. Um, which was strange for me. I was really emotional as a kid. And then I kind of shut it down the older I got and got very, it's all about your head. It's all about logic, you know, push emotion out of the way. They can deceive you. Um, and then I, when they did communion at the Presbyterian church, I just would get emotional because I knew every Sunday I was going to the Presbyterian church, but at the Catholic church, 10 minutes from my house, there was the Eucharist, which was Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity being offered every Sunday for everyone in that parish to take part in. Um, and I was missing out on it. Um, so I, yeah, it just, it, it, there was a draw. And I think there was, it was around the time of COVID. So I think we didn't go to the Presbyterian 
there were so many people that were sick with COVID that like they said, we, we have to do only live stream this week. Right. Um, and then I told my wife, I was like, you know, I, I feel a draw more than anything else solely to the Eucharist. And so we need to go and, and see uh, what this is all about. Um, and then we went that one Sunday and we've been, we've been going back ever since, ever since. Wow. That's, that's amazing. What does she, what does she think about the mass? Once she, how does she react to the mass? Yeah. So she, she, she likes it as well. Um, so she has, she's not a confirmed Catholic, Mm -hmm. uh, as of now, but you know, I, I always was in the beginning, she was very kind of nervous and hesitant and a little standoffish because, you know, the church we grew up in, um, they, they had told us our whole lives, you know, this is heresy. And if you convert, you, you will, if you die, you will go to hell. Um, now, Matt, let me ask you something, okay? Because I, uh-huh. I heard that, too, from a Reformed theology uh, Southern Baptist minister uh-huh. um, who's been preaching to me for years that once saved, always saved, you're predestined, you're the elect, you know, sola scriptura, sola, you know, it's only it's by faith, it's by grace, um, the perseverance of the saints, all the R.C. Sproul stuff, all the yeah. Reformed theology, he's preaching it to me, and all. So I'm, you know, born again, predestined. I'm one of the elect. My salvation is assured, and I'm sealed, and all this stuff they teach you. They teach it. That's what they teach. Yeah. And then... I go make an appointment with him because I feel a pull to the Catholic Church. And when I tell him that I feel pulled to the Catholic Church, all of a sudden, he questions my salvation and and infers that I'm now on a path to hell. Now, doesn't that 180-degree contradict everything he's been preaching to me for years yeah yeah that's 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 something i you know i've always been um kind of it just it's never really made sense you know i I know that the answer would be oh well you know you wanting to convert to catholicism is proof that you were never really saved in the yeah to begin with that's exactly what he said and he said, yeah. you need to question, have you ever been saved? And yeah. he, I remember him making two statements. He said, are you really going to let an old man wearing a robe lead you to hell? And the first thought I had was Martin Luther. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> are you going to let an old man wearing a robe, a drunk old man? Martin Luther yeah. was a drunk, an alcoholic, and all messed up. Are you going to let him lead you to hell? out of the true church into the hell. And then also he was talking about the, um, you know, the idol worship thing, you know, praying yeah. the idols. I'm like looking over his shoulder where they're in the sanctuary and there's a nativity scene up there. And I, and I pointed, <laughs> I said, you mean like that pastor? And he turns yeah. around, he sees, you know, 
Mary and baby Jesus and Joseph and all. He's, oh, well, that's different. I, how is it different? How is yeah. it different? You know, you got it right up there on the altar and uh, everybody's oohing and all. And how is that different? So I, I know yeah. a lot of the things you're, that you're going through, it's like me and you uh, had the same path. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually um, um, since I've converted, I've talked to a number of friends because, you know, we still have friends that go to that church or other reform churches and um you know it, it, a lot of the like i'll ask people hey okay you're saying that the catholic church the catholic church is heretical and that they teach heresy and that it's dangerous for our souls so what is it about the catholic church that's heretical what can you tell me what it is that i'm believing that you're saying is going to send me to hell and a lot of times it seems to be misunderstandings or, or, you know, things that people would say, oh, well, you know, um, the Catholic church teaches that if you do good works, then you're going to go to heaven. And that's what counts. And I, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of things that people will say, this is what the Catholic church believes. And this is why it's heresy. And I'll say the Catholic church says that's heresy too. Oh um, man. You know, like it's been good to be able to have conversations with people, and I'm, you know, I'm really grateful that I've taken that long years worth journey um, to the church because it's helped me to be able to talk to people who I grew up with, you know, and explain we don't worship Mary and the saints, and the church says that's, you know, the church says that's not that's not right. so it's you know, so true. The church, the Catholic Church, forbids the worship of Mary. Yeah, and yeah. it says adoration is wrong. You yeah. know, toward, that that it's uh, a veneration is different than a adoration or a worship. And yeah. uh, it's amazing what the Catholic Church calls heresy. It, if you read it to a non-Catholic person, they a lot of times they're either. They get mad at you for, for reading that the church agrees with them. Yeah. Because they got this, this, go ahead. I'm sorry, Matt. No, no, that's fine. I, I just, yeah, that, that's all I was really was going to say about it. Just that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that people will say, yeah, the Catholic church teaches this heresy. And then I can open the catechism and say, the catechism right here says that what you're saying, the Catholic church teaches is wrong. We, you know, there's a number of people who have said, well, well, they re- re-crucified Christ every Sunday. And I believe that Jesus' sacrifice was made once for all. And I would say, yeah, we do too. And the catechism says that we don't re-crucify Christ every Sunday. I, exactly. You know. <laughs> they, um, that's a good point, because when you were saying that, that, that was going through my mind. You know, what, what are the main, the main, um, hurdles about the white catholics believe that that, that they can't just you, you know what i'm saying they have these misconceptions mm-hmm. yeah um, these stereotypes the catholic church believes you have to work your way to heaven the catholic church worships mary the catholic church crucifies jesus every time they have mass they nail him on the cross again 
all those things were incorrect. Yep. And and when you start knocking down these hurdles, what do you have left? That you have nothing left to be against the Catholic Church. Yeah. I, I, I have a Protestant friend of mine, and every time he brings up a point of contention, well, I knock it over with facts. And then pretty soon, I'm like, dude, you have no reason not to be Catholic. Not a yeah. single one, <laughs> except you're prejudiced about something you found out you were wrong about. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and it's been interesting to talking to people, too, because, you know, they'll it seems like the thing I run into a lot when I talk to people is, you know, oh, well, well, Catholics, they don't know their Bible. They don't they don't believe the Bible or they don't ever read it. And if they did, they would see very clearly that, you know, this is true or that's true. You know, whatever subject you're talking about. That's, and, the, way, that's um, the way I thought, man. I thought the same way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I did too, because you know i i had I had thought you know when you drive by a Catholic church and see people walk in, there's not a single person carrying a Bible in. But every Sunday at the Baptist church, every single person has a just about has a Bible in their hand walking into the church. So you know, you know what's it, funny you, about that is is oftentimes they all got different versions of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can you imagine going to biology class in college and everybody having a different textbook? Yeah. <laughs> the chaos. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's something, you know, when I when I when we started going to the Catholic Church and and when we when I first started going, I had no clue what a Catholic mass was like because I had never stepped foot in a Catholic church before. Did it wig you um, out any? No, no, it was it was beautiful. Just because, you know, and along that path, I had been reading scripture a lot. And the year before I converted, I did the uh, Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. Um, And when we went, it was right at the end of the year. So I was almost done with the, the podcast. And being able to see the Mass and hear the different parts of the Mass and uh, it, it was really neat to see how the Old Testament of the Bible connects to the New Testament and how the both the Old and the New Testament are continued today. When I went, I was just like, you know, this this has to be what Jesus intended. There's no way that Jesus intended, you know, for us to stand up in a Baptist church and preach for 45 minutes and sing three songs and then go home. That. You know, I, it's just like there, there's no way that this is how the church looked, you know, after shortly after Jesus left. And then when we went to mass for the first time, I was like, you know, it, it was I was like, I, I didn't really have many words to describe it other than this is I, I have to be here. Hmm. And this is what the church is meant to be. What was your wife thinking when after she got home from the first one? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we both were kind of, you know, in shock. And I, I think maybe she had her guards up a little bit more than I did. Um, I was on full alert when I went, my first one. 
Yeah. Like I was yeah, in she... Vietnam walking point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, I, th- I think, you know, she, like I said, just as we were told growing up, oh, this is heresy and it's bad and evil. You know, she kind of was like, eh, I'll listen and I'll go, but, you know, I don't, I'm not buying in. I'm, I'm kind of more here because I've, you know, like, because I got to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now, now at this point, you know, she's, she's told me, you know, I, I'm not, there's still a couple things that she's kind of like, yeah, I don't really see it with the Catholic church on a couple different topics, but you know, she's like, I, she definitely doesn't, Protestantism, Protestantism just doesn't seem to make sense anymore. It, uh, it's, it's a, I agree, you know, I agree. And I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up right now, if I somehow found out that there was no God, that Christianity was just a myth, a cultural myth, and there's nothing to it, there's no God, you know where I'd be Sunday morning? I'd be at the mass. Yep. It is so beautiful. It is so, um, there's just something about it. I would keep going. Even if I knew there was no God, no Jesus, no, you, that it was all a bunch of BS, bunk. I would keep going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you go to mass, you just can tell that you can't really put your finger on it, but you can tell that this is not, a like there's something higher here that we're coming for um and it's not just you know uh, coming to hang out sunday morning country club kind of thing either it's there's a very it makes you feel small and like there's someone much bigger there you know yeah yeah and you know used to i would go to church this is just me. The main reason I would go to church, except for being obligated to, is for the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hang out with my friends in the foyer or to talk about football or whatever before church started. You know, we'd sit with our friends and chit chat about work, family, football. And then the preacher would have to rattle on the podium five or six times, get everybody to quit talking. And and then his boring as hell sermon. It was always boring. It always lasted long. You know, 30 minutes would be a short, short sermon. 20 minutes would be a very short sermon in, in a Baptist or Pentecostal church. Sometimes they go an hour. But Catholic church, um, just to be honest with you, I get zero fellowship at yep. the mass. None. I don't know anybody hardly. I don't talk to people. They don't talk to me. You walk in there everybody's quiet like you had a funeral and you got people on their knees, which caught my eye right off the bat, people praying on their knees in front of people. It was really weird. And the fellowship I have as a Catholic is through friends uh, outside the building, you know, fellow Mm -hmm. Catholics, you know, like you people on the internet and all that's where I get my Catholic fellowship is on the phone. But, um, I go to mass. I go to mass for the Eucharist, and you know, just like you do, there, there's just something different there. Something different. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's 
like like I said, the Eucharist was one of the huge draws for me. Um, that and I always tell everybody there's two major things that made me a Catholic, and it's it's the the Eucharist when I finally understood what the Eucharist is and saw um, even in the the scriptures, you know how Jesus did give us His body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's not it's not some kind of spiritual thing only. It's not a representation or a remembrance. It is Jesus giving Him self to us um that when i finally understood that and that he invites me to take part of that and wants me to take part of that um and makes it even possible for me to take part of it um you know i that was a huge drive i thought where else can you get that from um you know and and, and you can't get that from anywhere else um that and and the other on the headier side, I, the other big fall was when I started looking at, um, uh, scripture alone or sola scriptura. Yeah. Uh, I just thought, you know, that this doesn't make sense. This, it can't be that scripture is our sole and final authority. Um, and the major reason for that was, you know, I, I could understand and maybe see it if, all the different Protestant denominations would disagree on, you know, like smaller issues, but you can go to uh, one church and they'll say, well, like the Baptist church, they'll say, well, to be saved, you have to ask Jesus into your heart and then be baptized. But then you go to another denomination and they'll say, well, you got to be baptized to get the Holy spirit and be saved. And, you know, I, I just thought about it and I was like, you know, I would think that if Jesus wanted us to take the scriptures and everybody to sit down with their Bible and be guided by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would lead everyone to at least agree on how do you make it to heaven? The most um, important thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I thought this doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if, if we're disagreeing about, you know, smaller issues or things that don't, don't seem to matter as much, then maybe see it, but, but to not even be able to agree on how do I make it to heaven is, that's a big deal that the, I'm sure the Holy Spirit would make sure that we're guided by, Yeah, you know, that we all got, we all got right. (laughs) You, You know, that's a really good point. I mean, that is the major, major thing, you know, um, I'm doing this, you know, as a Baptist, the big selling point from my perspective growing up Baptist was not going to hell. You know, they yeah. preach hell, you know, if you're, if you die without being a born again believer, you're going to go to hell and burn in liquid fire and eternal darkness forever and ever and ever. Uh, so I didn't want to go to hell. So it's a no brainer no-brainer to get saved then you find out uh, that they that the Protestant church has a hundred ways to get saved you know yeah. like you said some, there's some Pentecost people believe if you ain't filled with the Holy Ghost talking in other tongues you're not saved Yep. and they'll read a bunch of scriptures out loud to you Acts 2.38 yeah. 
and it's just it's confusion. It's that the the Catholic Church is logical and it's crystal clear and it makes sense. Yep. And yeah. I just, Matt, I just don't see any denomination that makes more logical sense than the Catholic Church. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that was something that you know with the talking about scripture. I I would think. I've I've had people ask me, okay, well, why are you putting your faith in a sinful fallen man to sometimes speak infallibly, you know? And I would say, well, do you believe that the people that wrote the Bible were fallen sinful human beings as well? Mm. And they would say, well, yeah. And I said, okay, well, it's the exact same thing. You know, like there's nothing special about the, the people who wrote the Bible. There's nothing special about the Pope in and of themselves, um, but because God is working through them and or has worked through them, they are able to, even though they're still fallen human beings, are still are able to speak infallibly and speak the truths of God because of God himself, nothing in and of themselves. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a big reason for me that you know, I, I have no problem with the Pope or church authority um, because I know who's guiding those people. Right. And, and, you know, it's funny. That's a really good point, Matt. It's funny when I was going to the, you know, Protestant church, I really didn't have any problems with people like R.C. Sproul. I mean, yeah. I would listen to him and whatever the man said, that was it, you know. Yeah. Um, and a few others I would listen to. But, well, Matt, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and, and uh, wrap this up. But um, I, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and me and you share a lot in common. And uh, we both were raised Southern Baptists and went through the Presbyterian Church and ended up on the other side as Catholic. And I uh, just want you to know I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for your wife to you know, fall more in love with the truth of the Catholic Church. I appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for Matt being on the show today. Uh, just a pleasure talking to him. And um, if this podcast, if, if anything Matt said reached out to you and touched your heart, please shoot me an email Catholic Rednecks podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this interview with Matt. Man, if you want to be on here, on the podcast, or as I call the Barn Cast, give your testimony, tell us how you became Catholic, or maybe you have questions about the Catholic Church that you would like to ask me in an interview format, I'll be glad to hear from you. Just shoot me an email to catholicforrednextpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're getting something out of this podcast and would like to support us, we have a, a tab there on Spotify and Anchor and some other places where you can tap and donate or become a subscriber um, we sure would appreciate it. Put a lot into this, and I need all the help I can get, especially your prayers. And uh, also, please 
leave us a five-star rating. Make sure you're subscribed and share this with your friends. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.